is the Stagger Podcast. Welcome to the Stagger Podcast. What is up? I am JD Smith. Hey, everybody. A little tired, but amped on Red Bull. I am Derek Smith, and I'm ready to talk about the Daytona 500. Oh, we have got a lot of Daytona 500 conversation coming at you. We have got plenty of content as well to talk about the Xfinity series, the truck series, the Arca series, even there was some news Arca's coming out of there it to the stagger podcast. Oh, we that. got all kinds of stock car and truck discussion coming at you today. And uh, that is honestly why you want to subscribe to this podcast and subscribe to, uh, you know, our Twitter, follow us on Instagram or on TikTok now, but we actually have a new social media channel that we are on. I don't know if you call it social media. It is what it is. It's YouTube. We are on YouTube. Yes, we have just started a YouTube channel. Uh, We're putting the podcast there because we have heard from some of you that it's actually easier for you to listen to the podcast on YouTube, maybe than in some of the other places. So if that's the way you like to listen to stuff, it's there for you. But we will be having some video content up there as well eventually. Uh, down the line, we'd eventually like to make this available as video as well. I don't know if you want to see our faces, but anyway, YouTube channel, it's a thing and you can subscribe to it. Just search stagger podcast on YouTube and you'll see our little logo that is on our podcast and on our Twitter, the little tire logo. You'll find that click on it, hit subscribe. And here's why you're going to want to do that. We're actually doing a, we're doing a contest this week because, uh, we're cool like that. We have one of these uh, die-cast 164 truck haulers, like the haulers that you see they put the cars in, you know, for NASCAR. Well, but we imagine have- it 63 times smaller, <laughs> yeah. right? It's 164 scale. That's right. But it's one of those. It's like a toy, you know. But uh, we found uh, the Black Lives Matter 43 Bubba Wallace uh, hauler. They had them. We found one, got our hands on it. Uh, it's made for ages three and up. So if you're a podcast listener who is under the age of three, sorry, you can't win this. But for everybody else, uh, if you'd like to win this, here's here's the deal. Here's what we're doing this week to try to help drive traffic and clicks. That's what we're supposed to do with contests, right, Derek? That's what they tell you yeah, in social me media clicks. school. Yeah. Um, <laughs> obviously, you probably already follow us on one of our social media channels, either Twitter, Instagram, or TikTok. But if you don't, please Thank do that. You. Just Thank just any of them. Us. Just go to Twitter, go to Instagram, go to TikTok. Do one of those where you follow us on one or all of those if you could. Um, that's step number one. Step number two is we want you to subscribe to our YouTube channel. That way, whenever we have a new video up, whenever we start making more videos that actually are not just us talking into microphones and then posting the audio, you'll be able to see those. But the third and final thing we need you to do, everyone who does these three things is registered for this contest, which we will draw the winner of this contest Friday morning. We will post the winner on Twitter uh, and all of our social media. But the third thing we need you to do is retweet the Daytona 500 recap episode. This one you're listening to right now, there is a pinned tweet on our Twitter. Go there, retweet it. Maybe say something nice about the episode if you enjoy it or say how stupid we are. Either way, (laughs) everyone who retweets that, we will, you know, obviously ask that you're also subscribed to the YouTube channel as well and one of our social media platforms. But if you do that, you're registered to win this lovely Bubba Wallace Black Lives Matter hauler, which is really cool collector's item. Uh, They're not making many more of these because, well... It's a new car this year, so that's a cool thing. So if you want to win that, and there's pictures of it up on our Twitter as well, 
make sure you do the following things we said. Subscribe to one of our social channels, go to YouTube and subscribe to that, and then retweet the Daytona 500 recap tweet, which is pinned to the top of our page. So good luck. We will announce the winner Friday. You ready to roll, buddy, and talk about some right. uh, Daytona 500 I'm ready shenanigans? To roll, my all right, man. We got a yeah, lot to talk about. First of all, how did you enjoy the Daytona 500? It was obviously a little bit of a different race because we had a gigundo rain delay in the middle of it. But okay. overall, what did you think about this race? Well, can I just first and foremost say to the Stagger Nation that this race was on Valentine's Day? And now Valentine's Day is a little different this year because of the pandemic, right? Yeah. But you still had the obligations of being a good spouse, significant other, right? Um, so there, there, let's just say that there were some plans that got in the way. And then the delay. Like NASCAR, can we stop having – this is like the second or third time it's happened on Valentine's Day. Just do away with that because it just – it makes it for a lot of late night watching, whether it's a rain delay or not. And then waking up early to get back on the DVR to figure out what you missed out. But long story short, I watched this in segments and I watched it <laughs> with a lot of bloodshot eyes as I'm trying to uh, stay awake and stay alert. And well, and number one, always do that to me anyways. One, yeah. Number one, that sounds like poor planning on your part. The answer is you tell your significant other, if you loved me, you let me watch <laughs> this Daytona 500 because it only happens once a year. And it doesn't well, always can... happen on Valentine's Day. So there'll be plenty of other Valentine's Day where we can do that. But also, I mean, you can make breakfast. <laughs> you could do like a nice breakfast and then yeah. plenty of time for the Daytona 500. But either plenty way. Plenty of time. No, it's all yeah, good. I understand. We're all yeah, in that boat. No. Well, the, what, here's the thing, though. It didn't really matter because the rain delay made everybody have to stay up till 1 o'clock or 1230 to watch mm -hmm. the end of it, which uh, we'll talk a little bit more about just why NASCAR is so insistent on putting this race at three o'clock in the afternoon. I don't know why they don't do the noon or one o'clock start. I know I mean, the, the answer from the chorus, you know, on Twitter or from social media will be, well, it's television. You got to get the West coast. And it's like, you know what I would love if I lived in Seattle or LA or Portland or any of those cities, I would love to get up at 9 AM, sip a cup of coffee, watch the Daytona 500. And by one, one have my day freed up to go, go do Valentine's day stuff. Like you just mentioned, what is wrong with having the race on that early in those markets like do, put it on and let's go and do you know what one of the most watched events on a saturday is majority of the weeks of the year english uh, premier league yeah, soccer that's right and it comes on in the east coast at 10 a.m and on the west coast at seven and the bars are full in a non-pandemic situation and people are watching it and having a good time because it's great i mean yeah if it's that you're done by noon on the west coast you're done by nine or ten watching your favorite team play you got the whole day ahead of you you don't need to wait till seven o'clock yeah. to go watch a TV event. Now, obviously, if it's a racing event, you don't want to start a race at 8 in the morning or 9 no, in the morning. No, but everybody, Coast, everybody but there is there. Yeah. I've been to plenty of races. You know what people like to do at races? They like to get to the track early and get ready yep. for the race. So you have yep. no problem. If it starts at noon, there will be people there at 6 a.m. ready to go. And it's You'll be shame. fine. It's a shame that the Indy 500 has such terrible ratings starting at 11 a.m. <laughs> 
Yeah, I know. The Indy 500. <laughs> no one ever They're, watches it, stupid. Oh, wait, no. It's one they, of the most watched <laughs> telecasts of all time every year. They just In Indiana, they just shave their face, put their starch white shirt on, and say, nope, we're going to go ahead and cancel church. We have the Indy 500 today. Exactly. Come on, man. <laughs> I mean, it only happens. You Look, you're not a bad Christian Once if you year. don't go to or whatever your thing is. You're not a right. bad person if you skip one week to watch your race. Come on. I, I have to say, too, it is hard for me to get past the image of like the yellow jackets at IMS the security guards like I just picture when I think of like IMS like talking to me I don't see like a young face I just see like a person with a whistle blowing at me to, to move along because yeah uh, those yellow jackets you know, don't mess around they, they get after <laughs> it Takuma Sato is there is walking next to me yeah and they, they want the path you got to clear the path that's right well let's talk about the Daytona 500 obviously we talked a bit about the rain delay uh, we will get to some of the other stuff from that race in a moment. But, of course, the first thing to talk about is the guy who actually won the damn thing, uh, Michael McDowell, McDriver himself. He's your Daytona 500 yeah. champion. I salute him with a drink of Mc, my McBeer. Um, I'm sure he <laughs> wouldn't approve of that. Well, he, well I don't okay. know if he wouldn't approve of it, but, yeah, I, he he's... Uh, hey, I hope he had a few McBeers last night because he deserved it. <laughs> he got a Mc, Mc private flight on his McTrophy. <laughs> Yeah, I, I mean, saw that Mc, picture. If McDonald's was... didn't already sponsor like Ross Chastain and Bubba Wallace. They might want to throw McDowell in that mix too. Well, you know what though? That's uh, he's got a good sponsor there with with the Loves Travel people. And how about that? Oh, the Loves car, the Loves car. It, yeah, but they they you won with a car with a heart on it on Valentine's Day. That works out pretty well. I mean, See, technically rigged, won on the fifteenth. Rigged, rigged. <laughs> it's a NASCAR conspiracy. It's totally rigged. I knew it. I knew it. I knew it. That's the thing, man. Yeah. You, you, this is to the people who want to point out the conspiracy stuff all the time. Like, yep. for sure, if Bubba Wallace had won this race, there would be people like, oh, conspiracy. He's got Michael Jordan. And now they make him win. It's like, yeah, <laughs> you, you find you. a conspiracy no matter what. Like, yeah, Michael McDowell is is clearly not who they conspired to make win this race. But obviously, if you watch the race, he didn't win it because of like some mechanical advantage that he just had over the rest of the field. There were obviously a lot of things that happened in that race that just he, broke his way. In fact, well, he got into one of the accidents early, the race, the, the wreck that happened before we had the rain delay, the one that preceded the lightning delay and then the rain delay. He got into the wall and got some cosmetic damage to the car. It didn't affect the handling. He was able to obviously be very fast, but hey, man, yeah, it's it's. That's why we laugh at the conspiracy well, theories sometimes where it's like, oh, man, they wanted Dale Jr. to win this race. They want to. Yeah. Nah, yeah. they, 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 they want to have a, they want have a good that race. Second place car, Chase Elliott to win the race. I, I can tell you that. They <laughs> well, they would have rather had Chase. Driver. They definitely would have rather called the race and they could have. He was ahead yeah, of Michael McDowell at one point on the track. If yep. they wanted a conspiracy theory, that should end all conspiracy oh, theories gosh. right there. Your <laughs> defending champion winning at Daytona would be a nice, pleasant storyline, except for the fact that. When the caution flew, he was not in the lead. And when they crossed the start-finish line, which doesn't matter, but for optics, he also was not in the lead. So I'm glad that Michael McDowell won that race. I'm glad that's how that worked out because it would have seemed really crappy if Chase Elliott pulled ahead, the yellow flies, and then McDowell goes behind him or goes in front of him at the start-finish line, and they say, oh, yeah, it was already under caution. Chase won, even though he didn't cross the line first. I'm glad that's how that worked out. Yeah, and is just to add more fuel to the this is not a conspiracy sport thing. Um, the number three of Austin Dillon was also in that mix at one point. <laughs> right so, on, I the mean, 20th, think about on the twentieth anniversary. anniversary or the twenty year uh, anniversary of the, the race, of the, of the race of Earnhardt Senior's passing. 
Uh, yeah, they could have totally said, yep, that's a three of the Austin Dillon. Um, yeah, gosh, can you believe at some point he really could be a two-time Daytona 500 winning champion? Like, it's very uh, possible. Yes, of course. Daytona is one of his best tracks. It's and, one of his best tracks, and he was right there again at yeah. the end of this whole deal. It's, and it's it's mm. it's something that's worth noting that uh, there are guys who find their way to the front. And you know what? Michael McDowell typically does find his way into the top five, top ten at plate tracks. Yeah. He does and pretty this- well there. So it is it is something that, of course, there's some luck involved. And, and we'll talk about all the circumstances around that. But, yeah. man, you, you give your hats off to the guy. He's obviously busted his ass for many years in this sport. Uh, you know, some people – I don't think many people hate the guy. I think most people are just kind of like – his butt. John, JD, well, come busted on. his butt. Come on. This is Michael the, McDowell we're talking about. The, the point is, this guy has been in the sport for a long time, and good for him. Good for him that he won. He's yeah. not my driver. I'm not going to sit there every week and tell you I root for the guy. I thought that dust up with him in Bubba last year was kind of petty from him. But you know what? That's racing, and this dude has raced his ass off. I'll say it again. Uh, so good for him. He He won yeah. the race. He deserved it. He is your Daytona 500 champion. That is tough to wrap my brain around, but here he is. He got there because Ford had this mission, right? Ford had this mission where they were going to have the two Penske cars up front and they were going to, one of the two of them was going to win the race. And he just Leroy Jenkins, the whole thing and ended up coming out on top with a victory. (laughs) Uh, Well, guys, check your shields. Make sure your shields are at hundred. Make sure we're ready to go. Okay, Joey, you're good to go. You got, you know, all the, all the strategy playing out. And here comes Leroy McJenkins just right there in the back of the backstretch. I'll tell you what, he gave Brad the shot of his life to push Brad Kozlowski towards the front. The problem was uh, Brad's teammate, Mr. Joseph Logano, was not having it. And he dropped down to try to block that a little too late. And it all went to hell real quick for those two because – well, let's talk about it. Let's talk about well, Brad I, I and Joey. Was gonna say, I was going to say that McDowell hit Brad Kozlowski so hard into that wall. He came out and he learned how to dribble a basketball. That's how hard he hit. I <laughs> well, mean, it was, didn't. It was, For what it's, it's worth, pretty... I do not think that was that was not the same level. Like when Austin Dillon punted Eric Almirola a few years ago, that yeah. was legitimate. Just I don't well, care what I have to do to win this damn race. I'm going to do it. Well, this was when, more. I thought Michael McDowell was, did the same thing this year. That was the same same exact place again. Yeah, but I I still looked. Yeah, but I still look at that one with Christopher Bell. We'll talk about it too because I thought I thought Christopher Bell just didn't get squared up. And these cars, if you don't hit them just yeah. right, they well, get turned when they're doing the bump drafting. And, and, you know, and but, get, but but that was I thought that push that he gave to Brad Keselowski was monumental, and he had the run of his life. And Joey Logano, unfortunately for both of them just couldn't get out like it the problem is joey was in the wrong place brad keselowski mm-hmm. and he if you heard his post-race interview brad keselowski basically said look man i i was right where i wanted to be to win the daytona 500 i'm second going into the final turn that's where i want to be here i put myself in that position i had everything going for me to win this thing and then I can't drive the other cars is basically, I think, what his yeah. quote was or something to that effect. And you can but tell the disappointment Jenkins. that he has. Yeah, but I don't think he was blaming McDowell. I think he was blaming Joey. I think he yeah. was blaming Logano for dropping in front of him and blocking him. Yep. And and not not realizing that, hey, man, you're not there. I've got the run. You, you need to – you're not cleared to buzz the tower. Like, he was just basically, I think – 
because if you heard Joey Logano's interview, Joey was like, oh, we just kind of got to the same place at the same time, huh? It's funny how that happened. And Brad looked despondent. Joey was more like, oh, whoops, uh, you win some, you lose some. And Kozlowski was just, he looked like someone shot his cat on live TV. I mean, it yeah. just, it was, I don't think that was at Ma- Michael McDowell. I think well, he was, if you think about it, man, I think he was mad more about Joey dropping in front of him. It's been 10 years, right? 2011 is when he's the champion or 2012? I can't remember. But it's been almost 10 years. Yeah, I think 2012. I think 2012. Yeah. So it all, yeah, yeah you're so right. It's we're been coming a up on a decade of Brad Kozlowski, you know, being a champion, which is great. But where's that second championship? And he's in another contract year at Penske. And do you think yeah. he's going to fill a ride at Hendrick? Do you think he's going to fill a ride at Stuart Haas? Do you think he's going to fill a ride at Joe Gibbs? I sound like the guy on TikTok who's like, do you want to learn how to grow your own mushrooms? I know it's weird, but. <laughs> yeah, no, <laughs> but you know what? You're right, though. You're asking a good question there because honestly, it's it's I think that's part of why Brad was so despondent after the race, because this could be his final shot at a Daytona 500 in Penske equipment. It's not to yeah. say it'll be his last Daytona 500. I don't think that's the case. I do think he'll have other rides if he wants them. Watch out, McDowell. He's coming for your ride now. Well, I mean, <laughs> yeah, honestly, <laughs> wouldn't that be something if this time next year he's driving that 34 car? But I, I would doubt that. No, but this time next year he's driving that um, whatever the other number, the 32 car of the 2311 racing. Oh, he's maybe. The second car. Oh, he's yeah, switching manufacturers. Okay. Well, oh, yeah. here's the reason. Well, and here's the other thing, too. We have no idea what next year holds. I bet a lot of these guys are looking at next year with the next gen car and mm-hmm. saying, I don't know what my manufacturer is going to be like. I don't know what our package is going to be like when they redo all this stuff. They've had a lot of time with this current version of the car. They know what it does well. They know what it doesn't do well. And the Penske guys know, the Ford guys know they can run up front at Daytona. And this was, I'm sure, what he's thinking, even if he is back with Penske next year. Who knows what the cars are like, right? You might have yeah. the next gen package may suck for Ford to start off. We don't know. So I could I could see even that being part of the moment, let alone just the fact you lost the Daytona 500 and ended up in one of the most uh, ridiculous fireballs I've ever seen at Daytona. Yeah. But uh, I mean, glad every obviously Pablo Montoya. Yeah. I mean, we're talking pretty, about this pretty crazy. Yeah, the only thing that's different was it wasn't jet fuel just staying oh, yeah. on the track and burning the whole thing yeah. down. But it was just the probably the jet fuel that was in the Penske engines. <laughs> oh wow! More uh, conspiracy, whoa. more conspiracy, conspiracy theory. theory. We got we're like a NASCAR non here tonight. Yeah, this is crazy. It sounds like it. Um, I want to introduce something to the fans because I was thinking because I've seen a lot of people very mad at Joey Logano and Joey Slogano, all that stuff. People blaming him. Joey, for, most punchable face in NASCAR. Logano. Yeah, okay. there's there's a lot of people mad at him for blocking Brad Keselowski's the viewpoint that's coming out, and maybe Brad Keselowski's one of those guys. I want to introduce to the world something called I, I'm working I'm workshopping the name it's either going to be the Chase Elliott scale or maybe we could call it the Dale Jr. scale the Chase Jr. scale I don't know but the idea is this apply this standard to any situation and tell me if you feel differently would the majority of NASCAR people the fans the media the Twitter bots everybody would they come down as harshly on whatever driver for whatever situation if Chase Elliott, Dale Earnhardt Jr., or some other beloved driver did the exact same thing? Because if not, then maybe we need to re-examine how we're talking about that. Or maybe we need to rip those other guys when they do it. I don't know, whichever way you want to look at that. 
But for example, like Joey Logano blocking late in front of Brad and causing that accident, if you want to say that's what happened. If Chase Elliott did that, would all of humanity be demanding Chase Elliott give an apology? My answer is no. What they would all be saying is Brad Keselowski turned him. He should have been more patient. That wasn't clean. He was reckless. Like, you know what I mean? If, if he had, if Dale Jr. dropped in front of him like that, oh my gosh, Brad Keselowski would have been like tarred and feathered, man. They'd have run him out of right. the sport. And but, so my point is, let's just reconsider that when you're looking at Joey Logano and saying, oh man, he shouldn't have blocked there. Well, he's trying to win the race too. He didn't make the best decision, but you would cut your guy some slack if it was Chase or if it was Junior, if it was whoever. So I get trying to make that block in that moment because that's all you can do in that situation. Otherwise, it's finished third or fifth or whatever it is. He's trying to win. Your Honor, I would like to approach the bench and provide Exhibit A, Exhibit B, Exhibit C, all the way down to Exhibit Z of all the <laughs> issues that that are the times that Joey Logano has dropped down and made a late block or a late throw of his car to cause someone issue. Remember the most infamous, probably most famous interview in recent history in NASCAR, where the whole Steve Burns, Tony Stewart, I'm gonna I'm gonna beat his ass. Yeah, thank you, Tony. I'm gonna bust, his, I'm gonna bust his ass. I believe bust the actual ass. that whole thing yeah. came from Joey Logano driving him into the infield on a restart. This is Joey Logano's mo. And it's always been his M.O. in NASCAR. And it comes out to bite not just him in the butt this time, not just his teammate, but his entire organization. Blaney was out with the, with the with the wreck early on or had a lot of damage that he picked up. And then now both Penske cars went into turn three at Daytona. If you told Roger Penske, and guess what, Roger? We know you're getting up in age. We know you, you know, hopefully you got 10 or 15 more of these. But, you know, the, the, you don't know when the next chance you're going to get. How would you like to have this gift? After a long rain delay, two of your three cars, two of your four cars are in the top two, and your third car, your four, fourth car of the event, the, the 33 car, is now uh, in a position that's going to be uh, top 10. How would, you, uh, how would you feel? He'd say, man, I feel pretty confident about that. Yeah. And then yeah. because Joey was Joey, you had a situation where you got McDriver with the trophy now, and that's great. Um, for McDriver, that's good for McDowell and front row. I mean, Bob Jenkins and that whole uh, team are static still. They're probably haven't still gone to sleep at Monday night at 925 Eastern on the East Coast. But yeah. you still have this situation of Joey Logano being Joey Logano, and it costs his entire organization a day 2,500. Well, and I know what you're getting at, but just to kind of make my point again about this Chase Earnhardt scale, Chase Jr. scale, whatever, I'll actually add Dale Earnhardt Sr., when he runs down to the grass to make a pass, then it's called hey, the pass in the grass, and it's awesome. He's the best driver that NASCAR's ever seen. Get, but don't that's, you dare put no, him in your see, mouth. No, but see, but again, that's the Re thing. Respect, put some respect on his Ninety percent of the people I'm playing into your scale here. Yes, by the way, ninety. <laughs> I know ninety percent of the people who comment on this stuff on Twitter, and I'm not being a gatekeeper. Like I welcome all the new fans to the sport. What I am saying is people revere Dale Earnhardt Sr. for doing a lot of the things that we now crucify guys for doing. 
Like, oh, you were so aggressive. Why were you pushing? Oh, why were you doing this? Why were you doing It's like, that's what Dale Earnhardt did like all race long. He just ran up on people, knocked them out of the way. If they didn't like it, he told them to F off. And then after the race, he was like, oh, shucks, man, it's just racing deal. And then everybody's like, why is he? Why is he so happy? He wrecked three cars. How dare him? But because he's Dale Earnhardt and he he earned that right, obviously, he was a great driver and he won all those championships, but he did it doing the things that people now are like, that's too aggressive. You need to calm down. It's like, no, nah, I mean, he didn't want to run someone up into the fence just for no reason. And I do think he probably would have been a little more patient. Maybe wouldn't have done what Christopher Bell did. Christopher Bell is also a second year driver. <laughs> you yeah. know, like what was Dale Earnhardt's second year like in NASCAR? Do you recall it? No, I don't because I wasn't alive for it. I don't know. Maybe <laughs> you I would. Maybe you were. I wasn't. I'm saying You're like older than me. How would I be alive? How's that? How's that's that my work? point. I'm saying like we we have not now these guys are under such a microscope after one year or five races or 12 races or in Christopher Bell's case, a season that now it's like, how did he not know better than to wreck the whole field there? Well, I don't think he would have done that. That was not his. He was trying to push and he mm-hmm. he made a mistake. Unfortunately, if you want to blame anyone for that, I say blame this package, which the way that this track is raced right now, unfortunately, it involves humongous bump drafting gigantic runs and then people dropping down in front to block those runs and sometimes they miscalculate at 190 Mm -hmm. plus miles an hour with closing rates that like we've i don't do you ever recall seeing closing rates like we've seen the last few years at daytona Derek? because i don't but i love it i mean i i'm all i'm here for it man like you are best drivers yes this This i i don't know this sucks man like i is aerodynamics physics this is science this is everything on wheels and this gives drivers and teams and fans a chance to say if you're i mean gosh i'm on the core lajoy uh facebook group because those guys are pretty cool um josh sky i believe is the guy that runs it the super shoe join them on facebook they're pretty cool but everyone there was like the whole morning elated pumped saying this is our year to win the 500 because that's what Daytona does. It gives hope to yeah, literally. Yeah, yeah, but, but it gives hope to Derek Cope to come out no, of retirement. It, it gave no hope to Derek Cope. He shouldn't have known better. For two laps, it gave hope to Derek Cope. <laughs> How to appropriate come out of retirement. Derek, Derek Cope won his Daytona 500 because Dale Earnhardt Sr. caught a flat tire. And then when no, does he catch his? He caught a seagull, wasn't it? I thought it was a flat tire. Either way. I thought it was a, I thought it was well, a seagull. No, I think real. seagull was a different. Either way. Point is. Derek Cope won because Earnhardt had an issue and that's how he won his Daytona 500. And then he crashes out in the last year that he's going to run it on the 20th anniversary of Earnhardt's passing and all that because he caught a flat tire. And it's just kind of a, a weird symmetry there. Anyway, the point is, I, I am just talking about the way that these cars, the runs they get. I'm not the close pack racing. I know that's never going to change at Daytona. I it's what it is, okay? Whether I like it or not, it's not going away. What I'm saying is you have cars that now what they do is purposely they lay back, catch somebody behind them, bumping the hell out of their rear end, and then they fly up. The other guy has basically no chance to stop it. And then there's aggressive blocking is the only way you're going to be able to stop a run. And if you mistime that by half a second... It's not that like, oh, well, then you lose. It's you take out a half the field. That's the part I don't like. I'm saying like. Then maybe they need to come up with a an IndyCar or F1 style of rule of where you pick your lane so you can throw a block. 
No, so they'll never it. do so, that. But they'll never do that because they they'll they never do that. Don't, that'll ruin what everybody says they like about this. That'll ruin all the jockeying for position. They're never going to say like if you're on the high line in turn two or turn three, you got to stay there till turn four. No, They're no, not no, no, no. You no, you can come down and block, but then they they make that secondary move. You gotta you gotta. But yeah, but it's the thing is when they drop down to block the first time, that's when they wreck. Like that's what I mean. That's what you saw last. That's what the last lap was. I mean, I think Joey Logano dropped down to try to block. He did it a second or, you know, a quarter millisecond too late. And it, it cost both of them. And I mean, dude, and the speed, too. I mean, I don't know if you saw that video. Brad Kozlowski's wheel just ripped off the hub. Like, I mean, yeah. it just ripped it off. That's the forces we're dealing with here. And thank God no one was seriously hurt in that wreck. But as Dale Earnhardt Jr. said in his book, just because guys walk away from these wrecks doesn't mean they're okay. You know, and that's that's the thing you got to keep in mind is we know it's dangerous. We know it's fast. It just sucks that, you know, and and what did we get? What did we get for the 30 laps before that? We got a parade. We got nobody wanting to move out. Everyone was wanting to stay in line because they knew the second we start getting side by side and bump drafting, one of us is going to screw this up. and We're all going to (laughs) wreck. So they said, if we're going to do that, let's wait till the last lap to do it so we don't kill each other or, you know, kill our chances is what I mean, not right. kill each other. But like, let's do that instead. And so it was exciting to see Michael McDowell win. It was uh, somewhat of a good race as far as just if you like the close pack racing. I'm just saying this package with the arrow, they get such a big run there. And I don't know if that's the right way to go at Daytona because man, you've got these cars just flying up through there. And every time someone gets a good run, it, it pretty much is going to end in disaster, sadly. Mm. Well, I tend to disagree. I mean, it, it does end in disaster. You're right. But I tend to like when it doesn't end in disaster and those times when it does pull through, it is pretty cool to see. And just, I mean, the whole reason why we're talking about Michael McDowell and not Chase Elliott, I think, is because of the package. I think because it allows for guys to kind of make their own move where you can set up a run on your own and not just sit there and go, well, the Highlands busting me by and I'm left out to dry. You know, I think you, you but that is a that, bit but that's control what, your own destiny. Well, I think. Yeah, as I far guess. As if, if you put yourself in a position like if you listen on the last three laps, TJ Majors, Joe Logano spotter is talking about, OK, Brad's building a run. He's got a big gap behind the four. And then Brad shot up in the four drop back because Brad timed that there was some strategy there. Yeah. So I like the strategy of this that comes into play. I like the fact that there's big runs and no, oh, but Brad had I mean, the best strategy of the night. And what'd that do for him? He ended up in the fence. Wadded well, up. he got Leroy but, Jenkins. I, I McDowell hit you him. blame. So you blame McDowell, but McDowell was doing what you're supposed to like right. Brad wanted that saying, push. Brad was backing up to McDowell to get the push and he got it. Not and, into the turn down the back. No, stretch, they push into, the, into turn. the turns. They push all the time, I know, but not, not that I'm just saying, yeah, like, they it's not, I didn't play McDowell. I'm just saying, no, it, it, I'm he, just, he did play a part. Like when I saw it, when I saw the the wreck, cause I mean, the full disclosure, I was asleep. I did not see it fly, but when I woke okay. up this morning and saw it, I looked at that and went, Oh, McDowell just made away. I mean, I guess a Down little bit. I thought, away. There's like a hymn that sings that. <laughs> I, think, you know, I, I think K Love special. I think, well, and that was one of his old sponsors. I think Michael McDowell was pushing and saying, I hope I can push Brad clear by turn three. So then he gets past Logano. Logano falls in behind me and then I'll get the pass or someone will fall in behind me and push me off the turn four onto the front stretch and I'll get him in the trioval at the line. I think that's what he was probably thinking. Well, we all know what Austin Dillon was thinking. I'm going to wreck all four of these guys in front of me. <laughs> I'm going to get the dang checkered, checkered checkers flag, or trophy. 
Hey, speaking of records, one last thing here, and we'll uh, we'll talk a little bit more about some of the other races at Daytona, because we are going to talk on this podcast. We talk trucks, we talk Xfinity, we will talk about Kurt Busch's retirement video, or maybe retirement video. I don't know what that was. But one other thing I wanted to bring up, this goes back to that, would you be mad if this was the other way around thing? The William Byron situation, can we talk about his car? Because he was one of those cars that had all kinds of carnage on it, and he goes back out there with the the rear fascia which is the you know the what would be like the back end of the car if it was a real mm-hmm. car but it's obviously just a piece of carbon fiber you know covered with the the sticker that they put on it that thing was barely hanging on and so he's making laps at 180 miles an hour plus it's whipping in the wind of course it's eventually going to come flying off it, it, it he went around for like two or three laps like this they were commenting on the broadcast about this it eventually comes off and then it's just sitting on the track and they didn't throw a, I mean like you we were watching the race and they showed it fly off the car they're like wow that flew off the car well landed on the apron I guess it'll be okay never mind the fact that they're pushing so much air as they go by it that little piece of carbon fiber is going to flap up and it did it flew up in the air and it Starcom Racing hit it on their windshield and then ran over it and it busted a tire for them and they ended up crashing Quinhoff did and then Chase Briscoe got a flat tire off of it too and I can't for the life of me understand they black flagged him after all that occurred or actually I take that back they black flagged him and then those occurred because they didn't throw a caution to just clear the debris off the track one why don't they throw a caution there and two how do they let a car even go out there like that I just could you imagine if that was the other way around if the double zero went out running like that and then William Byron ran over it and crashed and was like running yeah. high up i mean it'd, it'd be a garrett smithley incident again it, it would be, it would literally be a Bush. quinn huff out it would be a quinn huff incident at texas remember where he cut in front of the whole field and trying to pit remember that like yep, yep. <laughs> i mean it, that's i'm saying we we get so pissed when that stuff happens when these back marker teams kill somebody else's race and fair enough but that was a backmarker team type of move from Hendrick. I'm surprised they don't. I hope they get some kind of a fine for that. They should not have been allowed to go out there like that, in my mm. opinion. Yeah, well, uh, the the scene from Little Rascals kind of, when you said for your fascist sticking out, just remind me of that one. <laughs> the soapbox derby, soapboxer, soap, whatever those things called. I don't know. Terrible analogy. But I'll move on and say this. I do think that maybe there was a little bit of a Liberty University K-Love conspiracy to get Michael McDowell to win this race. I'll say that. <laughs> yeah that's right there's conspiracies abounding because there. if you're gonna get a if you're gonna have a, a back marker team when the when the cup i mean you gotta you gotta knock out the competition right you gotta knock out the rookie you gotta knock out the which chase briscoe is not a back marker i will say that but I'm, I'm i'm being facetious but it is something where we do need to manage the debris on the track if we have a crash a crash clock if we have a standard of racing that we're now upholding where we don't have let guys be in the pits for 40 laps and then come out with no front end uh, sheet metal and drive around and collect laps. I mean, either we have a racing standard or we don't. Yeah. So you I agree. need to uphold it. We have either we have well, a I black think it flag technically, or we don't. It technically met the racing standard and they did black flag him after it came flying off. What I don't get though is why you don't throw like number one, they should have seen that instantly as not a good idea. And then number two, they should have said, uh, you, you need to, we need to throw the caution here so we can get these guys get this off the track and yeah. honestly it, i'm sure they didn't want to do it because of stage racing they wanted to make sure the stages don't get upended by 
you know, that just gives everyone kind of a free pass there to make a decision on, oh, hey, we just come in and get tires and gas and we're good. But I, I still just think you got to be safe. And that I, honestly, Starcom was they were tweeting about it. They were pissed. They were like, we got yeah. our day ruined because, you know, they didn't throw a debris caution and William Byron just, you know, dropped something on the track that wrecked our car. And I don't blame and, them and at all for that. I mean, especially, yeah, we know we know the guy who worked his ass off on that car. Yeah, of course. Charlie Langenstein back at the shop. And I mean, they all those guys, they were that car. Yeah, they, yeah, they were they all tons work. on that car. And this is what they I, I and I know like there are a bunch of cars got, you know, torn up 15 laps into that race because, again, of one guy making a poor decision at the wrong time and it ends up wrecking half the field. I know that's Daytona, but that one seems a little more predictable. The, the piece of debris flying off there's, they have caution. They have debris cautions. Literally. It's a thing you can yeah. throw a flag and Some get everybody back. Say that they do too much, too much of them. Right. Yeah. So I think that would have been something that where it was definitely warranted and I won't complain the next time they throw one. Let's put it that way. Uh, we'll yeah. take a break. When we come back, lots to get to here. Some comments by a kid in Arca have set NASCAR Twitter ablaze. Plus mm. Kurt Busch, maybe is retiring a weird video came out from him uh plus trucks and xfinity series we got more to talk about there we'll do that next you're listening to the stagger podcast welcome back to the stagger podcast so uh before we get to the xfinity and truck series man did you see this video from kurt bush mm-hmm um, if, I, if you, you want me to say something more, don't you? Yeah, I saw it. It was uh, a pretty dang cool. He's going 200 miles an hour on a bridge to the Florida Keys. Yeah, that was pretty epic. Like, it, thanks oh, Monster Energy for giving us that visual. That was pretty cool. Yeah, it's like a nine minute long video, and it's him kind of. He keeps saying the same things over and over. Like, I've done it all, man. I've really had a good career. I've done everything. Did it sound just, like fake done, and contrived, like a lot of things that Kurt Busch does? Yeah, it did a little Guys, bit. Guys, I'm excited. and I mean, man, this is such a great racetrack. Well, I mean, don't don't Google my past history and my anger problems because I'm a really nice guy these yeah, days. Yeah, I'm a super <laughs> happy-go-lucky guy. And who you know? You know what? People change. Maybe he is. But Oh, no, I'm sure he is. But I'm just saying, like, I can definitely tell, like, Kurt Busch gets really excited about random things, especially, like, Rutledge Wood interviewing him in practice. And it's like... Like, I don't know, this is cool. Like, I like I like how he's metamorphosized and changed. I really do appreciate the new Kurt Busch. It's well, just funny. that's fine. Knowing he's, the old Kurt Busch, I just, like, laugh at, like, how excited he is to talk to the media these yeah, days and how much yeah. fun he's having. Yeah, well, I mean, you know what? He's got a good sponsor in Monster as far as, like, they make him look cool. Their car looks – it's it's one of the best cars I've ever seen. I, I don't know. Some people may hate it. I love the all black with the neon I love green. It, man. It's sick. I mean – so he's he's got a lot going for him, and and obviously they've they've done a lot. They love him. Um, so here's why I bring all this up, though, because the video, if you haven't seen it, it's nine minutes long. Go check it out. Uh, we have retweeted it, so you can at Stagger Podcast on Twitter, which you should be following anyway. But it's on there. Go scroll down, you'll find it. Um, or just look up Kurt Bush's Twitter. He's posted it on Monsters. Posted it. Um, but just here's to set the scene. The first scene. I'm going to play you a little audio from it. Kurt Busch is sitting at a bar, and then if you can't hear the audio completely, he will ask the bartender, who, by the way, is like a woman wearing, you know, like a hot Monster Energy top, and yeah, they've got like a model. They got a lot of models in this video, um, but she, he asks her for a Monster on the Rocks, and then she pours it in a like a pint glass, and it's just a weird scene, and on the TV, that's what you're going to hear is Michael Waltrip is talking, 
and he's talking about Kurt Busch possibly retiring. So let's listen for a couple of minutes or maybe just like 30 seconds and let's hear some of this so we can kind of piece it all together here. Here we go. <laughs> Guys, this is crazy. I have a monster on the roster. Retire? I mean, we knew the day would come eventually, but I can't believe it's right now. He's at the top of his game. Just look For at last real? season. They're announcing he ended this? a 46-race losing streak and made it all the way to the final eight as an underdog. I might add, really? he was just one race shy from Thank racing you. for a championship. Just think about his last two wins. Kentucky edging out his brother. And then, of course, that dramatic win at Las Vegas, his home track. How cool was that? I'm shocked by this Fake announcement, but I can guarantee you one thing. I know Kurt really well, and whatever he decides to do, he will be all in. All right, so there's a little bit of the audio. It goes on, and Gronk calls him and is like, don't do it, man. Don't retire. And he's like, hey, bro, I watched you retire. I know how it goes. It's all good. I got this. And then he starts into his patter about I've done everything and retirement and this and that and then it's him driving down the Florida Keys in a in his Monster Energy Cup car. Like it's it's a badass video, man. Vanilla yeah. Ice makes an appearance, as you mentioned. Like it's uh, he's doing burnouts and wheelies on motorcycles are going all around him. Like it's it's something else. But uh, the end of the video, here's what he says. He says, "Is retirement for me? Am I ready to retire? I've won it all. I've done it all." And then he gets on a plane. It flies away, and the video ends. They released this before the Daytona 500. <laughs> I want to point out, like... The <laughs> I, I think the article I saw said, Kurt Busch finished 22nd. Yeah, right. It's like, <laughs> like, just like it's like he, he released that, and then what, what did they think, like, oh, and then he's going to win the Daytona 500, and this is going to be awesome? Like, I don't know what the... Like, they needed it, to save that until he wins a race. Yes. Or at least he has the yes. top five. Yeah, if he wins like a if he cool. if he wins a race and you put that there, yeah. I mean, you just release it then. Like, all right, he he won a he won. It was at his final race. Did he just retire on the spot? So then he he obviously was in the race. It's not like he wasn't going to be there. He had every. I mean, he's got a full season sponsorship. He's not going to knew what it was going to be, man. I knew it was going to be. It was uh, this is what was going to happen. He was going to win the five hundred. He was going to retire. John Elway style on the spot with the Harley J Earl trophy <laughs> and enter Haley Deegan into the number one. Oh, good Lord. Chip Ganassi oh, board. Cause you know, it's, you have to get to stay in the monster. Good family. Lord. Yeah. Well, that would be, that would be quite the, that would be, <laughs> that would be quite the jump. Yeah, it would be for sure. That would be uh, quite the <laughs> 19 leap year old cup driver. Oh man. There's yeah. only a few of those. That, that would, doesn't always pan out. No, best. that would be a lot. She's got a long way to go yet. We yes, wish her well. Yes, and I, I think she's got a chance to get there, but yeah, it's uh, you know, it's that's a pretty interesting video that he posted. I'd encourage you to go watch it. So the Associated Press followed up with him after the video and said, "Is this a retirement announcement? Are you saying this is your final season?" Cuz that is one way to read this, right? Like he released it before the season started as a signal that, "Hey you guys, this is the last time you're going to see me at these tracks." So, enjoy. Uh, he said, "Quote, it is up to interpretation." So, okay. So who's interpreting what I know. I don't know what I'm like. I, look, man, I, I like a good mind bender when I watch a movie or Binge a television mind. show. Like, seriously, if you really want to engage in like what is really going on here? What are we talking about? What's happening? Like the Watchmen series that I think HBO or Showtime did uh, over the summer. Excellent. Go watch that. That's great. 
I don't go to NASCAR necessarily to like get my think piece videos and try to like really suss out what's happening. Like, are you retiring or not? I guess is where I am with Kurt yeah. Busch right now. Yeah. No, so, I mean, I think that he, Kurt Busch is, I mean, think about this. He is the last guy that's raced with Dale Earnhardt Sr. That's how much he's, that's how long he's been in cup. Because uh, Kevin Harvick took over for Dale Sr. Yeah, I didn't think about that. Yeah. yeah. I, so he is the last of the breed of drivers from that old Winston Cup era that's yeah. still racing with us. Matt Kenseth, I believe, raced in that era. Jimmy Johnson, I believe, started just after uh, Dale Earnhardt passed away. Um, so Kurt Busch is it. I mean, he he kind of, you know, he's won a championship, obviously, oh my gosh, the year I graduated high school in 04. So that was a while ago, right? Um, I believe that was the year he won it, or 05. But it's been a while, but I mean, Kurt Busch is one of those long-standing drivers in the series. I feel like once he's left us from a competitive standpoint, we're going to realize, wow, this is definitely a passing of some sort of a guard. And the crazy thing is he's not even passing it to like Dale Jr. or Tony Stewart or Jimmy Johnson. No, those guys are gone too, right? Clint Boyer. Yeah. They're gone. I mean, so you look at it like who are the OGs of NASCAR it's Kevin Harvick. It's and, and Kurt, Kevin it's Harvick. Kyle Bush. And it's I mean, Kyle Bush. And it's, and it's, it's, it's Brad Kozlowski. at like 30. And, and Brad, Brad Kozlowski yeah. 34 or whatever. Yeah, I man. Mean, it's a young, old class of drivers. <laughs> right. And Kevin Harvick may be the next one to, to you know, call it a career after this year or next year. We don't know. I mean, he's still. He's got, a, he's got what, three years left on his contract? Yeah, so but that doesn't mean he does. That doesn't mean oh, he yeah. will continue on it. He may just decide after another year. He may win it all this year and say, you know what? I'm done. I don't want to do this anymore. Who knows? Yeah. I mean, let's just put it this way. For, the NASC, for NASCAR's continuity of fans, of having the uniqueness of not having a majority of its fans being able to come back to the track or the majority of tracks having fans, I should say they have a shoe in or a godsend. I would say of chase Elliott being in the series. They have a godsend of people like Haley Deegan in the pipeline. They have a godsend of even drivers like Corey LaJoy, who is very much an old soul of a driver uh, with ties with Randy LaJoy, big Rand, his dad uh, to the series. Like there's drivers that have a lot of character, Bubba Wallace bringing in a bunch of, of new reinvigorating fans and pissing off a lot of fans and bringing in new fans to replace the pissed off fans. Like NASCAR has got a lot going for it and it could be in a really bad spot if it wasn't for Chase Elliott and some of these other drivers, cause you're going to have an identity crisis, but luckily NASCAR has got that identity. Kyle Busch yeah. is going to be in the sport for 15 more years. I bet you. And He's going to be this generation's Dale. Earnhardt. I don't know if it's fifteen, but I think yeah, it's another five or ten at least. I, I would yeah. agree with you on that. He's, but he's going to go down, regardless of his championship count. He is going to go down as one of the top five best drivers in NASCAR history. Yeah, Kyle Busch. I agree with that. One other so thing, we I got wanted, a lot of we got a lot of we got a lot of good years left with him. Yeah, I wanted like to him get, or hate him. I wanted to get back to talking about the championships, and you obviously mentioned some of the guys who had won championships, and Kyle Busch is certainly one of those, and he may win another one this year for all we know. Let's look at the uh, <laughs> the playoff standings after one week because uh, they're a little interesting right now, buddy. I forgot to bring that up uh, <laughs> because don't forget, I mean, we didn't talk about this in the first segment, but Michael McDowell is locked into the playoffs. Michael McDowell, no matter what he does the rest of well, he has to finish what? Top 30, I think. Is that yeah. what it is? So as long as he doesn't have a debilitating wreck, which yeah. there's a precedent he set should that finish. Kyle Busch got a waiver for that, so there's a precedent set that he yeah. will too. He should finish top 30. So 
Assuming yeah. he does that, he will be into the playoffs. Uh, here are your current standings right now in the NASCAR Cup Series. Uh, because we mentioned this guy, he he had some stage points, and he obviously finished third. Austin Dillon is your points leader right now. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. one race, but that's a good – better than starting dead last, right? Be yeah. first. I think you'll take that. Um, the other names here I think we're kind of familiar with. Denny Hamlin, Kevin Harvick, Chase Elliott. No surprise on any of those three. Michael McDowell is fifth on points, and, of course, he's already locked in. But then it gets a little weird, right? Ryan Priest is sixth. Not a full-time – ride this year because yeah. JTG Doherty has backed out of their charter or I think they were leasing it and this was the year they decided to give that up so they, they this may help them get to a full-time yep. situation if you know Look they can keep getting there, sponsors number eight though number eight on the list well oh, Kyle yeah. Kyle Larson seventh and Bubba Wallace yep. is sitting there eighth yep Bubba Hell had yeah and for those who weren't paying attention so Bubba Wallace had an interesting day we didn't talk about that much but he uh failed inspection two times so his car chief got ejected from the race and I saw some people like, oh, no, what does that mean for Bubba Wallace? And I said, it means he's nothing. got some good stuff in that car. <laughs> it, mean, it means that car is going to be fast as hell because there yeah, is going to be driving one handed with his hand up against the uh, gap in the window again. You know, <laughs> dude, trying to get that extra 10. Honestly, man, like uh, if Did you, you see that qualifying video. If you don't yeah, know yeah, yeah, about, yeah. There's that great. Like, like what? I, that was the first drivers would stick their they would stick their hand out yeah. to add to the little just to prevent the air from circulating into the into the cockpit and just keep it flowing on the outside of the car because while they have a window going net 200 miles an hour while going 200 miles an hour yeah just to in add just to get a tenth or a, a, a thousandth or a hundredth or whatever makes yeah. the difference um yeah. but anyway yeah Bubba Wallace so his car failed inspection twice and by the way they did you hear what it was did you hear the issue it was the rear yeah. toe, which just means like how the rear axle sits in relation to the chassis. Um, clearly, there's something that they think can happen there that mm. perhaps might help things. <laughs> and they came out, and I, I think it was their crew chief that said something like, ah, oh, gosh, you know, we, we did that practice run like back a few days ago, whenever it was, and they're like, yeah, and we just made just the slightest bit of contact and that must have just knocked it out. It's like, uh, 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 no, come on. Mm-hmm. We know better. Mm-hmm. We know better. And that's fine. Like people were freaking out about it on Twitter. And it's like, of all the places to get busted for cheating, you don't want to see your car chief ejected. Uh, you don't want to pay the fines. You don't want to have those guys suspended. No. But the reality is it doesn't cost you a Daytona. You know, you're yeah. in the back of the pack. You hang out in the back. Hopefully you avoid the first wreck. He did. And then uh, you make your way through, and by the end of the race, you should be there. Were it not for them having a vibration, which mm-hmm. they ended up having to come in and pit during a green flag session, that's why they ended up being a lap down. And so other, I mean, his car was fast, so don't worry about Bubba Wallace. Like, at least Super Speedway is good. We'll find out. We'll get a little bit more insight when they go to Homestead in a couple weeks, because that'll mm-hmm. be a test of if that car is going to have speed everywhere. Um, yeah. And certainly you'll have a big challenge at the road course coming up. This will be his first time on the road course because last time we saw the 23XI on the road course, it was in the Bush Clash, and it was not being driven by Bubba. It was being driven by Ty Dillon. So we'll yeah. see what it can do when he gets out there. But I know we, we haven't talked about your guy all, all this time, but Bubba Wallace, yeah, he's sitting eighth that's right okay. now on the points. I mean, so it, that's there's good. a whole long season of of excitement to talk about. So I'm, you know, I'm, I'm biding my time. But a couple things I wanted to sp- – I mean, it's one race in with the point standings, though. Um, I did just want to say Martin Truex Jr., 12 points. Ryan Blaney sitting in 25th with 12. Mm-hmm. William Byron with 11. And you scroll all the way down, you've got Alex Bowman with two points. Now, I want to tell everyone this. 
is that no matter how big of a Monday morning quarterback you think you are, how much you know about NASCAR, Derek Cope can sit on the point standings one point ahead of all y'all and all of us. What are we talking? Wait, got- what are you doing? What are you doing? Derek Cope saying- does not need to be defended. Derek oh, no, no, Cope no, no, didn't no. need I'm to be just, out there. That no, was I'm a joke saying, that they had him I'm, out there. No way. I'm, say, I'm saying it as a funny thing. Like, like you definitely could talk all the stuff you want. I mean, that's what we do here. We talk all the st- stuff. Yeah, Derek Cope has want. one more. I'll tell and you what, Derek too. Derek Point still has one more point than us in NASCAR. So I Let just tell it's you, funny. I like, could have been as fast as Derek Cope was uh, in the uh, in the in the duel that he was in I where almost wrecked the I, field you and i would have to lay off pizza for a few months to fit in those cars <laughs> all right so. well they'd have to jaws of life me into the car <laughs> not out the of Shaq, it they'd have to do the shaquille o'neal thing when he raced dale jr <laughs> in that match race they have to open up the top lid yes and shove him in that step way. ladder and climb in there yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly right um so yeah. just uh for what it's worth the uh, jamie mcmurray who's not running for points but he's 14th in the standings i thought that was pretty funny oh so, yeah jamie go get a ride quick man you could <laughs> convince them it, to go for just, a full season it's, sh- it's shades of uh of, of trevor bain back in what 2011 when he won everyone was like it was that first year you had to declare which series you're racing in yeah and he was a nascar xfinity driver at the time right like, are you gonna run for the nascar championship and he had to like you know with his one hour of sleep on the breakfast after the daytona 500 had to answer that with a straight face and be like you know what? Actually, I think I'm gonna you know stick at Xfinity. I got a lot of development to do. Blah blah blah. Yeah, it's yeah. just kind of funny, like yeah. to, to see that. By the way, is that the biggest upset? It was Trevor Bain or McDriver bigger upset in your mind? I think Trevor Bain was, but uh, yeah, I mean, especially the way he came in, literally with no, really no, no backing of any sort, and he went into a weird form of racing where you had to prove your medal in practice and qualifying, and guys like Jeff Gordon were like. I want him to be hooked up with me in that tandem racing they used to do. Right. Yes. Yes. I mean, that's like, that's a big compliment. And Jeff Gordon says, find that 21 car. That's who I want to be rolling with. Right. And I mean, so it was a different time, a different set of circumstances. Um, So I think that was more of an upset for sure. Yeah. I tend to agree with you. All right. We're going to switch gears here. We're actually, before we get to trucks and to uh, the Xfinity series, we're going to talk Arca because there was a comment made by Ty Gibbs. Now, Ty Gibbs is the grandson, of course, of Joe Gibbs. He has mm-hmm. been running previously uh, in, you know, I think K&N. Arca East. Well, Arca yeah, East, Arca East now, yeah, what whatever. Called, yeah. yeah, that's what it's called now. So he's been running in that. He obviously, you know, he's an 18-year-old kid. He's got a ton of backing, of course, because his grandfather is the perhaps, between him and Rick Hendrick, two of the most powerful men in the sport. So... He was in this race, and if you didn't see the ARCA race, it finished with basically they, they had a one-lap restart. for the, it, the restart was the white flag, so they didn't do a green-white checkered, which gives you two laps. They did a green and white at the same time, and then a checkered flag after the one lap. So they barely get up to speed, and then it's a checkered flag. Uh, there were two teammates there, Venturini Racing, that were nose-to-tail first and second, and nobody pulled out because they had team orders. Basically, someone needs to win, but it has to be someone from Venturi. I don't care who. How rude. They didn't pull out. I mean, that's just rude. Okay. Yeah, you got to show some phrasing. You show some we're, respect. We're just, we're just not doing phrasing anymore. All right. That's fair. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so Ty Gibbs. So Ty Gibbs was mad about that because he's like, well, I had no chance to win because those teammates there. The second place guy who I believe was uh, Drew Dollar 
who also races in the truck Drew series. Dollar sign dollar. Yeah, Drew Dollar. Drew Dollar sign dollar. Yeah. Drew Holla um, Dollar. He didn't pull out on his teammate, so and didn't try to like go out and pass him. And so this ah! is yes, I know. This is this is the frustration from Ty Gibbs. Here's the here's the interview that everybody was talking about. You know, we were just talking about just the stuff that's kind of happened in the past week. Um, you know, it's just frustrating um, to just kind of come out here and run fourth when even if you have a shot to win. And, and especially if you let your buddy in. I, I feel like if, if I did that, I wouldn't even want to be out here let people in to win the race. Just completely give it away there. So um, it's just frustrating. And, and the way this package is, you can hardly push and, and you can't really get to the bumpers. So, um, and then you're not allowed to lock bumpers, and, and they did. And then we got penalized 80 laps later the other night. So it's frustrating. And just kind of see what side to play. I don't really know what to do to get Ark and like me at this point. But, you know, I'm, I'm having a fun time. I'm learning a lot, which is good. And, and um, I'm going to keep, keep grinding at it. And we can go race at a real racetrack in Phoenix. So I'm excited for that. All right. So that's a little bit of the spicy comments. Here's the other part of this real quick. Just keeping me in my spotter house, always making sure I'm, 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 I'm good on my switches and making sure everything's set right and, and the seatbelts are tight. Well, she definitely knew here with the people here. So um, gonna, they just they just did a good job. That's all I really can say. My monster energy Toyota Camry is fast, but I guess I need some teammates and some people that don't really want to win so before I can win. So that's the, that's the only thing I can say. Woof. That's, a, that's some spice right there, my friend. That some got spice on that. Um, a little a little salt. So if you missed that, salt, sprinkle that on there. He basically said that they could have won, would have won, should have won if he had a teammate who would have let him win. Basically accusing the Venturi guys of doing that. Uh, but also he was mad because, and he's right on this actually. I was watching it, and they they had Arca has told those guys don't bump drafts in the corners because they're not good enough to do it. And this is and why it's development. They don't series. have the budgets to wreck a bunch of. Cars. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So they want these guys to be safe first, and then you know, racing second. And he was saying those Venturi cars were doing that, and they did. They did it from the front stretch all the way around to probably the last third of the back stretch, but they were locked up pretty much the whole way, even through turns one and two, and they got a huge lead because of it, um, which is what he was complaining about there. So. I don't think he was wrong there, but obviously one of the comments that everyone took away from that was where he said, next we get to go to Phoenix, a real racetrack. Your thoughts. Dun, dun, dun. Your thoughts, Derek. Well, I didn't name my daughter's middle name Phoenix. I didn't name it Bristol. I didn't name it Michigan. I sure as hell didn't name her New Hampshire. I named her Daytona for a reason because it is the world center of racing. There is no finer racetrack i believe in this entire country than daytona international speedway for all of its metamorphosis of of race configurations from dirt bikes to the the road course we're going to see this weekend to the daytona 500 of course that oval track now that being said i can at the same time respect ty ty gibbs and love the fact that he's coming in he doesn't give a hoot in hell about anyone's opinion i just wish that wendy venturini would have been the interviewer there and have him not know her that would have been hilarious. Have her just take the microphone and just go, you know, wouldn't be cool. <laughs> Don't talk about my dad's team like that. How dare. That would be, that actually would have been pretty epic. I think he would be aware who, who Wendy Venturini oh, is. Oh, I mean, he's so. like 16. He probably wouldn't. Well, he she's, might I though. I mean, I think she's ridden retired for five years. It would just be great if she's like, Hey, um, Hey, Arker, can I just come back for one race? 
Oh just, man, just one, just one race. They need, one dude. If the next the 18 detail, please. Thank you. If the next ARCA race, they start and they're like, and special guest pit reporter Wendy Venturini. Wendy, where are you going to be broadcasting <laughs> from? She's like, I'll be parked in the 18s pit crew, guys. I'll be right here, uh, right ready here. for anything they want to talk about. It. Ready for just it. I'm here to yeah. do the job. Ask any questions needed, guys. So. Um, look, Ty, Ty Gibbs, I had a lot of people in the mentions on Stagger. Thank you for everybody who retweeted that video. That was very nice. Um, got us a lot of extra new followers, so welcome to all of you. Uh, but here's the thing. Ty Gibbs is probably the wrong messenger for that because to sit there and like spend a two-minute interview or 90-second interview, however long it was, basically acting like the whole world is against you when yeah. your name is Gibbs and you're trying to make it in stock car racing – that's not going to go over well. There are going to be a lot yeah. of people who don't like that. And he did apologize the next day. He said, hey, I got a lot to learn. I you know, lost my cool. Shouldn't have said that stuff. I regret what I said. I'm scared of Wendy Venturini coming <laughs> after me at Phoenix. A lot good, of things. Good. I, good for her. She should go after him. That's right. No. <laughs> but the reality is a lot of what he said is not wrong. Okay. Um, if, if you look in ARCA, Venturini is the name that's a lot like Gibbs in NASCAR. Yep. You know, like that, that does carry some weight. So I think that was part of his issue was that he feels like not that, not that Gibbs got screwed, but more that they give preferential treatment to someone who is a big part of the sport. And so maybe that's not fair, but that is a perception that is not start and end with Ty Gibbs for what it's yeah. worth when it comes to Arcus. So, I mean, if, if that would have came from a Frank Gerhardt, who, you know, if you've watched any arc race the last 20 years, look for the black number five, Lucas Oil Hood, you know, roaming through the pack as he tries to go up to the front. If it came from someone like him, if it came from someone else who's been in the arc of field for a while, you know, that would be something where I think that you would have a little bit more of a, yeah, we get where he's coming from. And that, that makes a valid point, which Ty still made a valid point, I would say, um, to a certain extent. But it just, it's bad optics coming from them, from him the way he came, the way he's coming up the series, it's just not a with his resources. I mean, look at any local dirt or asphalt track around within three hours of where you're listening to this podcast. They would all kill for his opportunity to have that arc ride. Yeah. They would all kill to have real. the opportunity to be in that spot driving with monster energy as your sponsor. So I think that's one thing that he's going to learn from this and grow and, and be in a better spot because and he's got a great setup. He's just got to keep it keep it clicking. Yeah, he really does. And the other thing I'll say is we talk all the time about how we want to hear, you know, we hate these drivers who are so cookie cutter. And we, you know, that was a problem that was, I think, more of a problem 10 years ago than it is now. Like, no offense to him, but the Jamie McMurray generation, a lot of guys like him, I don't think brought a lot of personality. That's why they were hired. Cool. They were good drivers. They were, you know, good looking guys who could stand on camera and, give all the sponsor lines you need and they weren't going to get out of bed and out of shape and start fighting and cussing and all that. You know what though? I think that's what we want in the sport. So Ty Gibbs is obviously very passionate. You don't want to lose that. Maybe you just need to refocus it a little bit, but it's all right, man. He's a young dude. Yeah. He And so this, we'll, we'll see how he grows from that. But yeah, it's yeah. a bad look when your name is Gibbs and you're in NASCAR and you're like, no one likes me. Eh, no, who cares? <laughs> yeah. Get over you want that. People to get over that. To, to like you and, and if you want that 18 car when maybe Kyle Busch uh, ships off to a new team in five oh, years, yeah. sure. You know, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta do quit doing stuff like that to make fans like you. I would yeah, say. the time, the um, timeline will work out very well for whenever you know 
rides come open at, at Joe Gibbs. They got a lot of yeah. guys who are going to be aging out of the sport in the next five to 10 years. And if he's on his way up over the next five years and, you know, killing it in Arca and then he gets up to trucks and then goes from there, we'll find out, man. But it's, yeah. it's you know, long way to go before we get there. Um, let's talk about the, right. feeder, the feeder series too. Or did you have something else to say? Well, Sorry. I was just going to say too, you talked about this is a, you know, there was a sanitized generation. And I feel like one of the biggest casualties, probably for another podcast and the spinoff on, you know, early 2000, late 90s drivers. But Jimmy Spencer, could you imagine if Jimmy Spencer was a 21 year old <laughs> dude right now with a Twitter account and a TikTok? No, man. No. Oh, my gosh. No It'd be like way. John Daly 2.0, dude. Dude, I mean, got all that generated. And again, I think that there are a lot of negatives that come from, you know, that era of NASCAR too. There's yeah. you got to take the good with the bad, right? Yeah. But but part of that good is Jimmy Spencer being <laughs> crazy. Jimmy and Spencer I'm, being crazy. I'm here for oh, it. Dick Trickle smoking cigarettes in his open face, you know, helmet. I mean, there's all kinds of stuff to take away from I that. Mean, just wouldn't it be cool to get like a badass, like I don't give a shit kind of driver? Oh, there, like, there. Like, but you know what though? Here's the thing. Those drivers exist in NASCAR. NASCAR just has to decide if they want to let those personalities roam free. That's really what it comes down to because the, a lot of those guys and gals that are in the sport now, they're doing what NASCAR says is what you need to do to get sponsors and to be in the good graces and get better rides. But, hey, we got a guy who doesn't give a shit. His name's Kyle Busch, and everybody hates him. Who's not a Kyle Busch fan? So <laughs> you got to pick what you want, right? Like, do you like the passion or not? That's what I always ask NASCAR fans when they're like, man, I wish it was like the old days. All right, well, Kyle Busch is standing right there. Yeah, no, nah, man, screw him. He's disrespectful. He's an ass. And it's like, oh, yeah. well, define, okay, yeah, define old I don't know what if you want. want. Like, if you want 2006 old days, like, that's a very different NASCAR. Oh, very, well. And, and like, no, I think only, what they when they say that, they want the Jimmy Spencers. They want the guys who fly off, shoot their mouth off, get into fights. You, okay, if you want that. Yeah, Kyle <laughs> Busch is not going to get in a ton of fights, but he has gotten into them. You know, oh, yeah. he'll speak his mind. You know, Clint Boyer was kind of that guy. And there will be more of those guys. Like there are more of them and in the gals. sport and gals. I'm yes. here for that. I'm yeah. here for that. Yeah. I think you're dead on with that. Absolutely. By the way, uh, we talked a lot about Arca here. If you're new to that and you've never watched that series, it's the one that feeds now into basically the trucks and Xfinity. Uh, Friday, March 12th is their next race at Phoenix. So that should be on, I'm pretty sure, uh, on FS1. So go yeah. watch it. And yeah. And speaking of Arca, we have to talk about, so basically what would it be the, series right below so you have cup xfinity trucks arkham menard series arkham menard series east and west and our good friend raja karuth over the last weekend had his first race at new smyrna i believe in the number six car that was driven by daryl wallace jr at a time that's right uh, for rev racing so now raja karuth friend of the show is racing arca series east so yeah. we're really pumped for him so we'll be watching that so you may hear a little bit more arca being talked about uh over the coming uh months this summer yeah but i mean if you if you like stock car racing and you just want to watch more of it between all that stuff and then if you get the track pass thing which is a great bargain on nbc sports and you can watch all those local tracks and stuff i mean it's you can watch stock car racing for days if you really want to mm -hmm. um but we don't have to wait too long to do that because we've also got the xfinity and truck series to talk about so let's do that xfinity series austin Cindric gets the win we talked about him in our season preview. The guy's the defending champion of that series. He is basically waiting for the ride next year. He will be in the Wood Brothers car unless things change in a more positive way where maybe he gets a call up straight up to the Penske team. 
Um, annoyingly good is the way I would would put Austin Cindric. I don't mean that in a bad way. It's just he's so consistent. He was really good in the 500 in that 5G car for Verizon, right? The other Penske yeah. entry. He was up there the whole. He was at, he had a chance at the top five until he got caught mm-hmm. up in that last lap wreck. I mean, he made it through all the other carnage and then got caught up in that one. But yeah, man, he is he is talented, and you can see again why he's the favorite for the championship this season. Yeah, absolutely. I I think he's going to be um, ending his Xfinity run with another championship run. I mean, it's hard to write off the junior motorsports guys. It's hard to write off guys at Gibbs, but I think it's just too powerful. Um, He's a great driver. He was, you know, clicking away really well at the Daytona 500 before the wreck. Uh, Austin Sendrick to me is a favorite, and I think it's going to be the rest of the field chasing him for the remainder of the season, especially since Chase Briscoe is up in cup now. Um, That's going to make that much more easier for him to get a path to success in the in the Xfinity series. Yeah, two guys that uh, got together, Ty Dillon and Daniel Hemrick. uh, They, well, they thought they got together. Ty Dillon was saying that Hemrick slammed him so hard he. You know, could barely keep his hands on the wheel, but video showed otherwise. It looked like he just took the air off of his uh, left rear spoiler, and that was sent him around. So that rough day, rough Daytona week for Ty Dillon, man. Yeah, it really was. You do, you do feel for him. Yeah, it's it's too bad, man. It's uh it's a tough deal, but uh, yeah, that is. The I, I know sport. we always, I know we just got done joking about a rich kid and Ty Gibbs, and <laughs> another Ty Dillon is a rich kid. Well, but got, you know what? In that sake, though, like he's the same thing though. Like his brother finished after his brother finished third in the Daytona 500 and has won another one, and he's sitting there his, getting wrecked in the Xfinity his series. Driving the number three and has a really good ride, and he was down literally. If you've been to RCR's campus, he was down in an outbuilding. Jermaine racing yeah um literally like an old engine shop that they have on the campus and he's down there like hey guys i'm ty dylan still here that's all right ty dylan will yeah. be the gm of uh rcr well, in like, probably five I, years and like i know we joke about it, but just to be fair i mean you saw the emotion when he failed on his 96 ride and i'm yeah. not a big fan of that crappy coffee company he had on his uh hood there either but if you think about it though he is a he is a, a guy who's got his life set with the inheritance inheritance that he can have both in career and in wealth. Yeah. But he still is a racer. He still wants to win. He still gave it his all. And for me, I still have empathy for people like that. Just because you have money doesn't mean you you don't, you know, don't feel disappointment or or pain or whatever. Um, so I I it that's the down ups and downs of racing. There's gonna be guys and gals that don't qualify. There's gonna be people that definitely, you know, get a point like Derek Cope did. I mean, it's just the reality of racing. And that's why I love this sport so much because you don't get things handed to you on the track. Now to get to the track. Oh yeah. Some people get some, some really good equipment handed to them. But as far as like, you got to prove yourself on the track. Yeah. You got to win. You got to qualify. You got to win. You got to stay up front. You got to not wreck the car. So when people win races, it like there, there is no, uh, you know, like in a soccer term, like you didn't qualify, you didn't get a draw against the fourth division team. And that's how you won that FA cup match. No, like you, you ran, you ran fast and you ran hard and you got the win. Yeah. Absolutely right. Um, one other thing here, and I, I think this bears mentioning. So Jordan Anderson, who's our guy from the truck series, we you know kind of root for him. He's one of those opposite end of the spectrum guys of a of a Ty Dillon or you know Austin Cindric. He's a guy who is you know built his own team from the ground up and found some sponsors and runs really well in the truck series or or well for yeah. those type of teams. Now he put together an Xfinity program. Um, didn't qualify for Daytona could not get the speed out of that car and qualify. And since there's not any more qualifying in Xfinity until they go to Coda at the end of May, like May 23rd, 
that's the next opportunity his Xfinity team will have a chance to make a race. Even though he was trying to do a full season deal, he is like locked out of the next four or five events Ugh. because there's no qualifying. And so you have to go in on owner's points or, or you know, the points that you got as a driver. And that's all going to be based off of what you did in Daytona, but he didn't make the Daytona race for the Xfinity series. So that is a really tough deal. I don't know how they fix that, but man, that just sucks. I hope they bring qualifying back. If, if, you know, once we figure out the COVID situation a little bit better and hopefully by this time next year, we're not still dealing with it at this level. Hopefully we can actually get back to qualifying these cars. Cause that, that is something that if he missed one race, you shouldn't be penalized for two, three months for that. I think that's, it's Daytona. It's a tough place to qualify. I mean, especially when you've got 40 plus cars trying to do it. So, yeah. And there, there is one thing that he could do. He could basically leverage his sponsorship to buy a, uh, you know, essentially buy a spot on that last place. One of those last place teams. It's a back market team. Maybe he partners with the JD motorsports. Yeah. If somebody, if somebody qualified that wasn't planning on running a full season, you know, they might be able to let him, hop in that ride or throw that sponsorship on that car but still it's it just sucks you know he's trying to build his team and and i respect him for that yeah. and um, the sucky thing too is that you remember we talked about earlier about trevor bain declaring for xfinity and he won the day 2500 so he jordan anderson almost won the truck race and he got zero points because he declared for the xfinity series. yeah it's a it's a real so tough deal it's tough a real part. tough deal for him man i it sucks um but hey so, man that's 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 a racing deal, and I'll tell you this: I don't think it's going to get him down. He'll find a way. Um, more on that in a second. But the next race for Xfinity, for what it's worth, Daytona Road Course Saturday at five p.m. Because uh, of course we're still having another race at Daytona, going back to the road course for all these series. So that'll be fun. Um, speaking of the trucks, let's get to that. Ben Rhodes gets the victory for Thor Sport. Uh, they switch from Ford back to Toyota, and it doesn't seem to they skip a beat. Grant Enfinger won it last year. Ben Rhodes wins it this year. Uh, those those guys are tough to beat in the truck series. But like you said, our guy Jordan Anderson finished second again two years in a row. And, and I mean, was coming in strong. He could have – if that – he actually had the line, I think it was uh, after the race where he said, man, I got to call up Chevrolet and ask him to make these trucks a little bit longer <laughs> so I can try to win the race next year, you know, just with the <laughs> slightly longer, you know – frame on the truck but uh yeah his his interview like was that fantastic old martin u.s army joke if only he was still sponsored by viagra he would have won the 500 <laughs> that's right <laughs> yeah man jordan anderson like we said it's a tough deal with him at the xfinity and he in the truck series he he was running in the 20s usually for points i mean he's not a guy that is going to go win a playoff spot typically but you really just respect if you don't know his story he, he you know is not like a family racing family he kind of built his program from the ground up and now he's there every week with a you know he started out with with a you know big dually pulling a you know gooseneck open yeah yeah, or, yeah, yeah not open but pulling, pretty much open yeah trailer but basically something you see at a dirt track he was pulling his 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 uh nascar truck team with that and also too there was a time where you could pay like 50 bucks and get your name on the truck oh yeah like that's, he's that's how totally that's how a, crowdfunding they did their yeah. campaign so he is someone who who we're big fans of um we obviously being from ohio we love uh seeing the thor sport guys win so we're pretty proud of, of ben rhodes and getting done what he's done but at the same time we uh we also pull for guys like this and and hope that he can turn around hoping to figure something out and uh start getting points in the xfinity series some yeah. way somehow yeah uh also Corey roper 
was in the truck series, and that's another guy you can root for too, I would think. He was in the lead on the backstretch at Daytona mm-hmm. with two turns, to, you know, one turn more to go basically. But uh, Ben Rhodes got to him, got around him, and then all hell broke loose coming into the tri-oval. But Corey Roper did finish third, um, and his deal is he's been running part-time in trucks since 2018, bought some trucks off of other teams, turned it into a full-time deal this year, so that's really good for them, and got a top three at Daytona. Um, so very cool stuff for uh, Corey Roper, who I believe is like a construction guy and just, you know, started racing part time now build up to it. So that's no, what that's I like great. about the truck series is you do you. That's as close as you're going to get of the big three series of seeing the grassroots guys. I mean, Norm Benning is that guy. Obviously, a lot of people are familiar with his story, but there's other ones, too. It, there's there's a handful of trucks every week at these you know truck races where they show up, they bring their truck, they they make it work, they get it passed, and off they go. And, I mean, it's mm-hmm. it's something fun to watch, man, because they do run a lot of short tracks, and I think that is about as close. I know they were just at the <laughs> – they were at a two-and-a-half-mile trial, right? But still, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's a fun thing to watch some of those smaller teams get out there. And, and Corey Roper was right there with a chance to win it on the final turn of the race, so good for him. Oh, yeah. No, I mean, I'm, I'm pretty stoked to see – what's going to happen. And, and I, the truck series is always one of my favorite series to, to watch them race. So pretty stoked to see it back. And my Friday nights are back to where they should be. There you go. Grant Enfinger, My guy was right there. Couldn't get it done. He got smoked. He was going to finish one, two, or maybe even win it with Ben Rhodes, but uh, he got hit by Chris Wright on the final uh, coming to the flag. So that was too bad for him. Sheldon Creed was out in the lead. You're uh, defending champion, but he got uh, just a massive bunch of runs that went by him Right at the start finish line on the last lap. He couldn't stop the runs. Could not. Maybe maybe he should get Imodium as his sponsor next year. Stop the runs then. (laughs) That truck though, it's it's very interesting. I thought it looked pretty cool last year. This year it was just all white. Maybe that's uh, you know, just a a a nod to like there's no frills, just going for their championship. But yeah, anyway, a nod to the fact that you just don't want to pay your rap people. I don't know. No, no, it had it had sponsors on it. It was just there was no graphic to it. It was just all white. So whatever. Cutting but COVID. You got to cut budgets wherever you can. Cut the graphic design people out. Can't pay Fiverr people to make your designs anymore. Yeah, and we (laughs) we talked about Haley Deegan uh, in our season preview. She obviously gets a lot of attention and rightfully so. I think she's got a bright future in the sport, but she did spin on the backstretch early in the race, finished a few laps down, but did bring the truck home in one piece largely. So uh, that's a that's a win on the super speedways. Her test is going to be what she does in the mile and a half. So I think that's where we're going to be seeing how she can go and, and maybe the road courses too. Um, so yeah, by the way, Daytona road course this Friday night with the trucks. Um, mm. So yeah, we will have actually, we're going to go look at the uh, uh, the road course and give you a little fantasy preview, which will come out later this week. We will have that for you. So if you want to play daily fantasy sports like we do, we'll yep. give you some tips. We'll tell you some guys to watch. So but just the tips. That's all we'll give you. <laughs> just so. the tips. That's right. Just the tips. Um, that is it for us. Thank you guys so much for listening to this Daytona 500 recap episode. Don't forget our YouTube channel. It is live. Just search stagger podcast on YouTube. You'll find it. Click on there, hit subscribe, and don't forget to make sure you subscribe to that channel. Retweet the link from this podcast that you'll see on our Twitter page. It'll be pinned there. Retweet that, subscribe on YouTube, and you will have a chance at winning the Bubba Wallace Hauler uh, 164 diecast that we have for you. So we'll announce that on Friday. Any other final thoughts from you, Derek, before we get out of here? Uh, It was another time in daytona that was enjoyable even though we had some rain issues 
I'm always fun and up for another Daytona weekend. I wish we could have one, you know, at some point here in the next future. Oh, we do. We're back at yeah, right back the road at course it. at Daytona. Right back there. Right so, back at it. Beautiful. Uh, this time though, if it rains, we got them Goodyear oh, rain tires. So yeah, we're right. Uh, we're, now we want the rain. Now, now I we want to see. Come on, rain. <laughs> we want a come big on. old rainstorm. Let's see what that looks like. Martin Truex Jr. doesn't want a big old rainstorm. No, no, <laughs> he doesn't. Want else that. does. Yeah, um, oh, that is so it I'm, for us. I'm here for it. Until next week, make sure you stay safe and, of course, stay staggered. <laughs>